stay up to date and engage with the financial world. You're listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Alibaba is the largest e-commerce company in the world by far. In 2021, $1.2 trillion of gross merchandise value was sold through its platform, roughly double of what Amazon sold in the same period. In 2014, they raised $22 billion on the New York Stock Exchange, the largest IPO in history at that time. On the first day of trading, it achieved a market cap of almost $170 billion, slightly higher than Amazon. With 1.2 billion people, China's economy was well on its way to overtaking the U.S. as the largest in the world, and investors were hungry to own a stake in the country's dominant e-commerce player. For the first six years as a publicly traded company, everything was going according to plan. They consistently grew their revenue and profitability, and their share price more than tripled at their 2020 peak, giving them a market value of $800 billion. They looked on track to be the first Chinese technology company to cross the $1 trillion mark in market cap. But over the past two years, things have taken a dramatic turn for the worse. Their share price has fallen by 70%, and the current price is only slightly above the IPO price from eight years ago. Sentiment initially turned negative when founder Jack Ma disappeared for a number of months after giving a speech critical of the Chinese government. But negative media attention isn't the only problem the company is facing. Their financial performance has also been rapidly deteriorating. After experiencing strong growth for the past decade, revenue has flatlined and even declined slightly over the past few quarters. The modest decline in revenue has caused a massive decline in profitability. On a trailing 12-month basis, their net profit is down 75% from its peak in 2020. So what happened to Alibaba? How could such a massive company crumble before our eyes? To understand the fall of Alibaba, we first have to understand its rise, and particularly its founder, Jack Ma. Ma founded the company out of his apartment in 1999. Originally, the company built websites, but soon they reoriented to e-commerce. In the early 2000s, they launched Alibaba.com, a B2B e-commerce platform meant to connect foreign importers with China's rapidly growing export sector. Cheap labor and rapidly developing industrial infrastructure allowed China to produce manufactured goods at far cheaper prices than Western countries. Large importers like Walmart, for example, can send people to China and individually negotiate deals with Chinese manufacturers. But this is infeasible for smaller importers. If you're a small-time retailer, you can use Alibaba.com to directly connect with Chinese suppliers. For example, you can buy a few hundred cell phone chargers for a dollar apiece and resell them on eBay or your corner shop for five or ten times the price. Building upon the success of Alibaba.com, they launched their two direct-to-consumer platforms, Taobao and Tmall, in 2003 and 2008, respectively. You can think of these as roughly equivalent to Amazon, selling clothing, electronics, and any other consumer goods you can think of. They invested heavily in logistics infrastructure, pioneering the use of robots in their distribution centers. This is a classic case of the first mover advantage. They were able to reinvest their profits to build a multi-billion dollar logistics network. This allowed them to deliver goods at a cheaper price than their competitors. By 2015, they had achieved a near-monopoly status with an estimated 78% market share within China. They became so influential and culturally significant within China that they almost single-handedly created their own holiday. Singles Day is on November 11th and was originally celebrated ironically by single university students. In 2009, Alibaba announced that they would be giving massive discounts on that day. They jokingly said that if you're alone, we can at least make you happy by sending you consumer products. They turned Singles Day into an unofficial holiday, similar to Amazon's Prime Day in the US. 
In 2021, Alibaba sold $84 billion of gross merchandise value on Singles Day, almost eight times more than Amazon sold on Prime Day. They took their e-commerce profits, as well as the $22 billion that they raised from their 2014 IPO, to create a massive technology empire. This included international e-commerce operations, a cloud computing service, food delivery, digital media platforms, and even their own movie studio called Alibaba Pictures. From their IPO to their peak in 2021, their revenue grew 13-fold to almost $140 billion. This is one of the most impressive growth stories of any company in history. It looked like Alibaba was on top of the world. Founder Jack Ma had achieved rock star status, similar to Elon Musk in the U.S. In November of 2020, Jack Ma gave a speech critical of China's state-run banks. He said that the bureaucracy of state-owned enterprises and financial regulators stifled innovation. After making this speech, he disappeared from any public appearances for the next three months. It was particularly concerning when he failed to show up on a TV show that he was previously scheduled to attend. A few months later, he reappeared in Hong Kong. Nobody knows what happened to him during his disappearance, and it's important to note that at this point, he was not formally associated with Alibaba. He stepped down as chairman in 2018, but he was still a major shareholder and widely associated with the company and popular culture. Regardless of the exact reasons of Ma's unexplained disappearance, it was clear that the Chinese government was getting uneasy about the growing power of the country's tech monopolies. Ant Financial is a financial services company founded by Jack Ma and 33% owned by the Alibaba Group. It operates the Alipay mobile payment system, which is used by almost 1 billion people in China and is closely integrated with Alibaba's e-commerce platforms. Around the time of Ma's infamous November speech criticizing the government, Ant Financial was preparing a $30 billion IPO, which would be the biggest in history. In addition to processing payments, Ant Financial also runs a money market fund called Yuebao, which offers consumers higher yields than what they could get at traditional banks. Part of the reason why they were able to offer more attractive yields is that Ant was not registered as a bank, and thus did not have to comply with the same level of capital requirements and other regulations. By 2020, Yuebao had become the world's largest money market fund, with over $150 billion of assets under management. Chinese financial regulators were concerned that this massive, under-regulated fund could create unforeseen risks to the country's financial system. It also didn't help that Ma was making speeches publicly criticizing the state-run banks that Ant Financial was competing against for deposits. Shortly after the speech, Jack Ma was summoned by the country's top financial regulators, including the People's Bank of China, to explain Ant Financial's business model. Apparently, the regulators were not impressed by Ma's answers, and the IPO was officially canceled. This marked the beginning of the end for Alibaba. While the cancellation of Ant Financial's IPO was certainly a blow to the Alibaba Group, the most important part of their business was still their core e-commerce platforms. They had built a dominant market share by investing heavily in logistics, but they also employed a more sinister strategy to crush their competition. The products on Alibaba are sold by independent merchants, and Alibaba takes a fee on each transaction. Up until recently, Alibaba implemented a policy called merchant exclusivity. This means that if you want to sell your products on Alibaba, you're not allowed to sell on any other competing platform. With Alibaba being the largest e-commerce platform in China by far, most third-party merchants would lose the majority of their sales if they're kicked off. Alibaba gained a stranglehold on the majority of the market with this anti-competitive strategy. In April of 2021, the Chinese Competition Authority levied a $2.8 billion fine against the company and forced them to stop their merchant exclusivity policy. This was the largest such fine in the country's history. 
The end of merchant exclusivity gave an opening to the competing e-commerce companies, most notably JD.com and Pinduoduo. Alibaba's domestic market share has decreased from 78% to just 58% in 2021, and they look on track to seed even further ground in 2022. These losses have come at the benefit of a new e-commerce platform called Pinduoduo, which was little known just a few years ago, but is now rapidly gaining share. Pinduoduo allows users to form groups to buy products from manufacturers and receive bulk discounts. It has grown extremely popular in rural areas of the country where consumers have less money and are thus more cost-conscious. These areas have historically been neglected by Alibaba, which focused on more profitable urban centers. You can buy television sets from Pinduoduo for as little as 300 yuan, equivalent to 45 US dollars. Pinduoduo has also fueled its meteoric growth by implementing extreme work ethic expectations for its employees, with some reportedly working 90 hours per week. The increasing competition forced Alibaba to decrease its platform fees and increase the incentives to new merchants. This has had a severely negative impact on their profitability, with net profits declining by three quarters over the past year and a half. Given these market share dynamics, it's not surprising that Alibaba's share price performance has been the worst of the big three e-commerce players. Alibaba shares have lost 48% of their value over the past five years, compared to a 34% gain for JD and 183% gain for Pinduoduo. While the core e-commerce business was under pressure in 2021, the one highlight of the conglomerate was their cloud computing business. This provides computing power for businesses with large computational workloads. Their cloud revenue grew very strongly in recent years as businesses found it cheaper to use Alibaba's cloud instead of their own on-premise servers. But recently, the cloud segment has experienced three consecutive quarterly declines. The cloud business is facing political pressures in both the foreign and domestic markets. In 2021, TikTok's parent company ByteDance dumped Alibaba as its international cloud provider. They likely did this under pressure from the U.S. administration, which is concerned about Chinese cloud providers gaining access to data of U.S. TikTok users. Back at home, they're also facing political pressure. The Chinese government has recently made a big push towards data security, and is concerned about private companies handling sensitive workloads from state-owned enterprises or government entities. The state-owned mobile phone carrier China Telecom has invested billions of dollars to develop its own cloud computing infrastructure. Many government-connected entities within China are dumping Alibaba in favor of China Telecom or other state-backed cloud computing providers. In the Chinese market, Alibaba is facing serious competitive pressures from both the public and private sectors, and the situation doesn't look like it will get better anytime soon. While their domestic operations are under severe pressure, their international expansion efforts are going remarkably well. They recently signed a long-term partnership agreement with the airplane leasing company Atlas Air to ship orders primarily to South America. Their international e-commerce revenue has increased almost fivefold over the past five years to $8.5 billion in the calendar year of 2021. This is only 9% of their total e-commerce revenue, as the vast majority of their sales still come from China. But over time, the international portion is likely to increase substantially. Alibaba's depth of merchant partnerships in China give it a competitive advantage over Amazon in terms of cost. For this reason, Alibaba has been consistently gaining share in Eastern Europe. And finally, they're doubling down on their Lazada e-commerce brand, which operates in Southeast Asia, with a recent $378 million capital injection in May of this year. South America, Eastern Europe, and Southeast Asia are small e-commerce markets today, but they have the potential to grow significantly as Alibaba builds up delivery infrastructure. The fact that they are facing so many headwinds in China is forcing them to double down on these emerging markets to find growth. And in the long term, this might be the right thing to do anyway.
It's clear that the Chinese government doesn't want any one technology company to get too powerful, and Alibaba will never get back to its golden age of the 2010s where it enjoyed a near monopoly status. But it's not all doom and gloom. They're still profitable and have about $40 billion of net cash on their balance sheet. They're taking advantage of the current depressed share price to buy back $25 billion of their own shares, which amounts to roughly 10% of their market cap. This past May, China's vice premier met with top technology executives and signaled that regulatory crackdowns may be coming to an end. And as far as Alibaba is concerned, the government has not levied any significant actions against them since the $2.8 billion antitrust fine in April of 2021. So while Alibaba may never fully return to its former glory, it looks like the worst is now behind them. You've been listening to the Wall Street Millennial Podcast. Don't miss a minute wherever you go. Wall Street Millennial, signing out.